podcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the city of innovation, education, and of course, Fenway Park, this is TI Clergy Corner, bringing you timely, insightful, and impactful sermons from Temple Israel of Boston. In this episode, we'll hear a live recording of Rabbi Jen Gubitz's Kabbalat Shabbat sermon delivered at Temple Israel of Boston on January 10th, 2020, entitled, Netflix, Torah, and Chill, Finding Strength in Uncertain Times. Shabbat Shalom. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. This was the trope of a long time ago series, Friday Night Lights. Now this show by its title, and because it won't surprise you that I like Jewish things, the series could have been about Shabbat. But actually, and if you've seen it, you know it was about football in Texas, starring the charming and beautiful Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton. Nonetheless, there was a month at the beginning of my final year of rabbinical school, and I was homesick with shingles and a post-viral fatigue that prevented me from returning to my daily activities in school. And it lasted so long, or at least long enough, that it was possible to binge watch all five seasons of this show, which was to be 76 episodes. That's right, 76 hours. As I watched, I became so immersed in the lives of these characters. It was starting to affect me personally. I was completely wrapped up in their lives, and I was homesick by myself a lot, and it was too much. I couldn't manage not knowing what would happen to each of them. Would he ever walk again? Would they win the championship? Would she go to college? Would he get help with his addiction? Would their marriage last? Would they be okay? Unable to deal with the indeterminacy of their lives, I did the only logical thing I could think of. I went to IMDb, Internet Movie Database, supplemented by Wikipedia, and I read about the remaining episodes so I could know how it all ended. My anxiety was immediately relieved. I don't even remember how it all ended, but I knew more or less that they were going to be okay. In a moment of illness and soon-to-be transition beyond rabbinical school, the indeterminacy of my own life, I could figure out how something ended. I could tie it up in a bow. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Happily ever after, all's well that ends well. You get the idea. Doesn't it feel so good to reach a resolution? To know how things are going to turn out? Except here's the thing. After I read about the ending of the show, I immediately stopped watching the show, because now I didn't need to. <coughs> and that seems to be our spiritual challenge. If we always know how something is going to end, before we even begin or discover the outcome while we're still in process, is there purpose in undertaking the journey? In the greatest of all time stories that we binge weekly and rewatch yearly, this week's Torah portion brings us to the conclusion of the first stage of the journey of the formation of the Jewish people. It's the final portion, as we've heard, in the book of Genesis. Next week, we start Exodus, and you know what that means. Spoiler alert if you've recently subscribed to this Torah series. But it starts with an incorporeal God and quickly moves to Adam and Eve, and then Noah and his family, and then Abraham and Sarah who give birth to Isaac. Don't forget Ishmael and Hagar. Then Isaac marries Rebekah. Together they bear Jacob and Esau, who fight a lot, 
eventually reunite. That's the message for you guys. And when Jacob marries Leah, then Rachel, and with their handmaidens Bilchah and Zilpah, they collectively bear Reuben, the eldest of the children of Israel, with Simeon and Levi, the next in line, Naphtali and Issachar and Asher and Dan, Zebulun and Gad take the total to nine, Benjamin and Judah, which leaves only one, Joseph, Jacob's favorite son. That list is a musical lyric from Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dream Show, Dreamcoat, because every good TV show has to have a dance break. And then Joseph dreams and they throw him in a pit, and the next thing we know, we find them all in Egypt. And all I want to say to them, to yell to them over the centuries, because we know how this story is going to turn out. Hindsight is 2020. Don't go to Egypt, which really means don't throw your brother in a pit, which means don't tell them about your dreams. You sound foolish and haughty, which means don't give him that beautiful coat that makes his brothers jealous. And don't choose favorites, and don't trick your son-in-law, and don't trick your father or your husband, and don't risk your wife's life by calling her your sister, and don't listen to God and sacrifice your son, and don't cast out Hagar, and don't go on that journey. Just stay put. Don't eat the apple. (laughs) That symbolic source of knowledge. It would be better if our lives today were as if the Garden of Eden. Wouldn't that have been easier to know how it ends just as it begins? This week's portion ends at the bedside of our patriarch Jacob in the final moments of his life. Next week we will be in Egypt. A few months from now we know that the Israelites will be freed from slavery. Then they will journey for a long time until a few months from then We will reach the cusp of promise. Our tradition of reading and rereading the Torah places us in a position of luxurious knowledge of how the journey of the Jewish people will unfold. We do, in fact, get to know how it ends just as it begins. At Simchat Torah, no less, we read the last verses of Deuteronomy not letting a breath pass as we begin Genesis. And so from this vantage, we have the capacity to look back at how the history and memory of the Jewish people have unfolded, all the while living in a story in formation, walking this journey as moderns as we read the story of the ancients. And yet, it doesn't stop me from wishing I knew what would happen. I wouldn't mind whiling away in a garden like Eden, wishing away the indeterminacy, the unknowns of life. I so want to know What will our world look like at this time next year? I wonder if this is true for you. I so want to know what will my life look like at this time next year? I see you nodding your head, so I'm wondering if this is true for you. Each day is a moment filled with possibility and looming with uncertainty. The name of this week's Torah portion is important. Though it discusses Jacob and Joseph's deaths, It is called Vayachi, which means, and he lived. And I think that's the message for our hearts. There is no database for our lives that reveal the course of our existence as much as I wish there was. In this uncertain world, on our journey of being humans who will face simultaneously illness and death, loss and life, fear and love, searching and finding, endings and beginnings, 
wherever we are on this journey, enduring the indeterminacy of our lives, while we're seeking answers, outcomes, and understanding. Vayachi, as the portion notes, Jacob lived. And so may we live finding some measure of contentment and I pray gratitude in the complex simplicity of being alive. We conclude a book of Torah with chazak, chazak, venit chazek. Be strong, be strong, and you will be strengthened. We will be strengthened. That sounds to me like a biblical translation of clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. In moments uncertain, may we be blessed with clarity, wholeness, strength, and peace. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for listening to TI Clergy Corner. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll visit our website, www.tisrael.org slash clergycorner. This has been a Temple Israel of Boston production. Join us next time for another episode of TI Clergy Corner.